Welcome everyone to this month's BJJ podcast. I am Andrew Duckworth and a warm welcome to our podcast for the month of September from your team here at the Bone and Joint Journal. I'd like to thank all our readers and listeners for the comments and support we've received so far for our podcast series, as well as to our authors and many guest interviewers who have taken part so far. We really do appreciate all of their efforts. So far this year, we've covered a range of topics, including a fascinating dialogue between Ian Murray and Dr. Scott Rodeo on cell therapies and orthopedic surgery, a series of podcasts have accompanied our supplements from the American Hip and Knee Society closed meetings, and recently we've had an excellent discussion with Professor Matt Coster and Mr. David Metcalf on their really important paper looking at paper for, for performance and hip fracture outcomes in the UK. We do hope these podcasts are improving the accessibility and visibility of the studies we publish here for both you as our readers as well as for our many authors. As you know, uh, we hope that during the next 15 to 20 minutes or so, we'll cover a range of aspects for the chosen study, emphasizing the important points of how the work has been designed, as well as the key findings from the study and how these potentially fit into each of your day-to-day practices, with this month's discussion, I suspect, being relevant to many of our listeners. We also hope to give you a behind-the-scenes insight into how the authors have developed their study and give them the opportunity to put forward the key findings of their work. So today I have the pleasure of being joined by both Dr. Suniva Leah Salverson and Dr. Jan-Erik Jökelsen from Haukland Hospital in Bergen, Norway, to discuss their study entitled, Does Time from Fracture Surgery Affect Mortality and Intraoperative Medical Complications for Hip Fracture Patients? An observational study of 73,557 patients reported to the Norwegian Hip Fracture Register, which will be published in the September edition of the BJJ. Welcome Jan-Erik and Suniva, and a big thank you for both of you for taking the time to join us today. So if we move straight on to the paper, as you very nicely put in your paper, patients with hip fractures are a frail group with a recognized perioperative and short-term mortality rate. And you say in your paper that in Norway, the 30-day mortality for hip fractures is currently at 8%, which is fairly consistent with here back in the UK. But the influence of the actual time to treating the hip fracture on both the short and long-term mortality is not yet clear. So, Suniva, if I can come to you first, can you give us a brief introduction to the paper and what we currently know about the influence of the actual time to treating hip fractures on both the short and long-term mortality? Yes, thank you for our introduction to our work, Andrew. Uh, Our paper is a register-based study where we have combined data from the Norwegian Hip Fracture Register and the Norwegian Patient Registry. And as you said, we aim to investigate mortality and risk of intraoperative medical complications depending on time to surgery for hip fracture patients. Mm-hmm. Um, throughout the years, several studies have aimed to investigate the effect of surgical delay for our hip fracture patients. Uh, some studies find a higher in-hospital mortality and a higher 30-day mortality when surgical delay exceeds either 24 hours or, 20 f- or 48 hours from admission to surgery. Other studies, on the other hand, find no association between time to surgery and the patient mortality. Um, to conclude, no conclusions regarding time to surgery has been reached yet. Okay. okay. So, outcomes, then mortality, surgical delay has been connected to longer lengths of stay and morbidity. Uh, in example, urinary tract infections and um, bed sores. That's really interesting. And I think it's, it's interesting that actually reading your paper, how there is the, the, the limitation of the data in that area. It's one of these things we presume there is quite a bit out there, but there isn't. So, yeah, Eric, I, I come to you next. Can you give us a brief overview of the current guidelines in Norway in relation to regards time to surgery for hip fracture patients? Yes, uh, there has actually not been any official guidelines in Norway uh, regarding time to surgery until recently. Uh, however, there is a note from the National Knowledge Center of Health Service from 2015 uh, recommending treatment within 24 hours if possible, mm-hmm. uh, or at least within 48 hours. 
and the national quality indicator for operation is uh, operation within 48 hours. Uh, but in 2018, uh, new multidisciplinary guidelines on treatment of hip fractures were introduced and they recommended treatment within 24 hours. Uh, but these guidelines are however not yet approved by the Directorate of Health. So they are currently only recommendations from a working group uh, which consists of orthopedic surgeons, geriatricians and anesthesiologists. Uh, but this document has been sent to, uh, to all hospitals treating hip fractures. So there is uh, an increased interest of multidisciplinary treatment of hip fractures, including uh, focus on treatment within 24 hours. That's really interesting. Yeah, the fact that they are obviously just like you say, recommendation rather than guidelines. As we, we, we talked to Professor Matt Costa last month, and obviously we have, certainly in England, they have a, a sort of incentive-based uh, system where you know, get, getting these patients to theatre early is actually is a, is a criteria. So that's really interesting. So if we sort of move on to the how the how the study was performed, um, this obviously, as you've already said, Sunil, this this is big data. You sort of study utilising data from the Norwegian Hip Fracture Register and the Norwegian Patient Registry, which are we all know are, are very good to sort of investigate whether the time from the moment of the fracture to the start of surgery, rather than the time from hospital admission per se influence the mortality. So if Janerik, if I just stay with you for a minute, just the, obviously the study relied on these two national databases. Can you, from your position there, can you give us a brief overview of these and what they sort of contain and collect routinely? Yes, uh, first of all, the Norwegian hip fracture register is a register that was established in uh, 2005 to collect uh, nationwide information on treatment of hip fractures mm -hmm. uh, as a basis for improvement of treatment and uh, it now includes data from almost 120,000 patients. Wow. Uh, and the register is owned by the Norwegian Orthopedic Association, and it is co-located with uh, the Norwegian Arthroplasty Register here in Bergen. Mm -hmm. And the register co collects data from each surgery uh, by use of uh, paper forms, which is filled in by surgeons immediately after each operation. And this paper form uh, includes information uh, on the patients, uh, such as ASA classification uh, and cognitive function. And in addition, information on uh, age and gender is given by the national identification number. Mm -hmm. And the form also includes information on uh, time of fracture, uh, the, time of, uh, the type of fracture, and mm -hmm. the type of surgery performed. Uh, okay. and several details about the surgery, including uh, also intraoperative complications. And we include both primary operations and uh, re-operations, uh, and we link them together with the help of the national identification number. Mm -hmm. uh, and we also receive data from the Norwegian Register of Vital Statistics uh, with information on dates of death and uh, dates of emigration. Okay. Okay, and in this study, yeah, in this study, we also use the Norwegian Patient Registry. Uh, this is one of the central health registries in Norway. Uh, it is a register that receives administrative data on patients from all hospitals. So all admissions to Norwegian hospitals are recorded in this registry. And the register has also information on exact time of admission that we used in our study and by use of the identification number it was possible to link data from the Norwegian patient registry and uh, the Norwegian hip fracture registry. 
Right. That's 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 brilliant, Yari. That's a really nice, clear over, um, overview of what the the data collects, and it's obviously a, a very concise and but also robust system. That's that's brilliant. So, Siva, if I come back to you, what what were the really primary and secondary outcomes or goals you were sort of looking at for for, for the study itself? Yeah, the primary outcome in our study was mortality following hip fracture surgery, and mm. we chose the secondary outcome to be the risk of reported intraoperative complications for our patients. An important factor is that uh, all existing research, to our knowledge, target the hospital delay, delay meaning uh, the time from admission to surgery. We chose to study both the pre-hospital hours and the hospital hours, then target, targeting the total delay for our hip fracture patients. So we chose to study our outcomes, both investigating hospital delay and total delay. Okay. Okay, and that that, that makes that makes a lot of sense. And in terms of you obviously with your, you, you sort of perform two analyses, predominantly sort of two primary analyses, and you have sort of different numbers of hip fracture patients in those two analyses. Can you just sort of explain for our listeners why, why that is? Yes, we have used two different patient groups when investigating total delay and hospital delay. Okay. Uh, as my co-author Jetsen mentioned, we have used data from the Norwegian Hip Fracture Register and the Norwegian Patient Registry. Mm-hmm. Uh, the time of fracture is gathered from the Norwegian hip fracture registers by forms filled out by the independent surgeons. Mm-hmm. And in about 47% of the cases, we do not know the exact time of fracture or the exact time of fracture for our patients isn't reported. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we ended up with about 39,000 patients when uh, investigating total delay. Okay. Uh, when we investigated the time, the hospital delay, we gathered information of time of admission from the Norwegian patient registry. And this is administratively reported and uh, constitutes the ground for activity-based financing for the hospitals. And therefore, these data are nearly complete. Okay. Therefore, we were able to study about 73,000 patients when I am uh, investigating hospital delay. Fine. That, that's very clear. That, that makes a lot, of, a lot of sense why there's the two different numbers of patients. And obviously, you, you have a variety of very robust and nicely performed analyses in the, in the, in the manuscript. And, but, but just for our listeners, can you just sort of give them a simple, concise overview of, of the analyses you performed? Mm, yes, of course. Uh, for our primary outcome, the mortality, we used Cox re- multiple regression models to compare the relative risks of postoperative death among patients divided into groups based on the preoperative delay. Mm-hmm. We adjusted our analysis for possible influences of age, sex, uh, comorbidity using the ASA score, and the type of sex surgery, and also the type of fractures. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Further on, we divided our patients into groups based on uh, 12-hour intervals, either from the time of fracture or the time of uh, um, admission until surgery. Okay. Okay, great, great. That, that's very clear. And obviously, the, these, these can be quite complicated, but I think that's a really nice way sort of a, to sort of clearly lay it out for our listeners. That's brilliant. So if we sort of move on to your results, if you look at sort of the known total delay group, um, sort of first, actually, like, nicely laid out in your first table, you had, like say, you had over 38,000 patients there. And sort of the demographics are really, as we'd expect, you know, 70% are female, you know, over 60% have an ASA grade three or higher. And the most sort of common fracture type you're dealing with is an inter- a displaced intercaption, like a femur fracture, and, and most of those going on to hemiarthroplasty. But just for our listeners, can, can you give us sort of detail the key findings in relation to the total delay and mortality? Yeah. Um, first of all, we found no effect of total delay to hip fracture surgery as long as operations were was performed within 20, 48 hours from the fracture. Okay. Um, However, total delay of more than 48 hours were associated with an increased mortality after three days 
postoperatively and one year postoperatively for our hyperactive patients. Mm, okay. And further on, we went on to study comorbidity and mm. stratified our patients into the healthier ASA 1 to 2 group and then more comorbid patients with an ASA class 3 to 5. Yeah. And for these patients, we found that um, total delay of more than 48 hours was associated with an increased three-day mortality for the comorbid patients, while the healthier patient groups did not have had an altered mortality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we went on to study patients based on their type of surgery performed. We studied patients with hemoprosthesis and found that also these patients had an increased mortality if the total delay exceeded 48 hours okay. from fracture to surgery. However, when studying patients receiving osteosynthesis, uh, time to surgery did not seem to influence the patient mortality at any point of observation. Okay, brilliant. That's a really nice summary of what, because obviously you've got a, a lot of robust analysis in there, and I think that's a really nice summary of what you sort of found. And in terms of, what did you find in terms of, you know, the hospital delay and sort of, I suppose, more, more than mortality, the, inter- the sort of medical complications that can potentially develop? Uh, yeah, uh, we went on to study hospital delay, and to start, we could say that in average, our patients waited 22 hours from admission to surgery in our study. Mm-hmm. Both, we found that patients that waited more than 24 hours for surgery had an increased risk of reported intraoperative medical complications in our study. So uh, to conclude, the limit for uh, unwanted outcomes was even lower when studying these complications compared to mortality. Okay, okay. That's really interesting. I mean, I think they're really, really uh, interesting findings and, and obviously very robust in such a large group of patients. So if we sort of if we move away from the results now and onto the sort of the implications of the study, I suppose, and, and sort of given its findings, and it's clearly um, provided strong evidence um, uh, with regards time to surgery and mortality, and the, the strengths of the surgery are, are, are the study, sorry, are clearly without doubt, given that you know it's big data, large number of, of, of patients from what appear to be very comprehensive national databases as well as the robust analyses performed. But if I come back to you, you, know, what, do you what do you feel are the key findings of the work? You know, considering, I suppose, any potential limitations you feel there are to the data itself. Uh, I think the, the key finding is that uh, hip fracture should be operated within 48 hours after the fracture and uh, mm-hmm. not within 48 hours after admission. Mm-hmm. Uh, and further, uh, the number of reported medical complications were higher when hospital delay exceeded 24 24 hours, uh, but there are some limitations. Uh, even if we adjusted for age, sex, and ASA class, there may be confounders that we did not adjust it for. Uh, for example, it is uh, it's difficult to conclude whether the medical complications occurred due to the long uh, waiting time to surgery, or whether the patients waited longer to surgery because they had uh, comorbidities that has mm. had to be stabilized before surgery. Mm. Uh, and that they therefore had an increased risk of uh, intraoperative medical complications that we were not able to adjust for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, ha- and, and that's interesting. And so when you look at sort of the results from previous studies, uh, how, you know, sort of particularly the sort of the details of the fast track hip fracture algorithms you sort of mentioned, how, how, how do you feel that these are related to your study? Uh, I think uh, our results uh, actually compare well, both with the new Norwegian multiple disciplinary guidelines recommending surgery within 24 hours, mm-hmm. uh, and also with, the, for example, the NICE guidelines in UK recommending treatment within mm-hmm. 36 hours. That means that the patients had to be operated the day of admission or the next day, mm-hmm. and uh, only have one night at hospital 
uh, without circuit. Yeah. And uh, our results also compare well to a large meta-analysis uh, from Shiga and colleagues that uh, found increased one-year mortality and 30-day mortality uh, for patients uh, waiting longer than 48 hours to mm-hmm. surgery. Yeah, I know. I totally agree. I think it does fit well with the current other literature in there uh, available and uh, and the other recommendations from uh, other countries. So, Sibir, I'll just come back to you. Um, you should, as Yannick sort of alluded to, you sort of posed an interesting question in the, in the paper. And so, do you feel it is that the surgery was delayed because of patients' increased risk of unwanted outcomes, or if the unwanted outcomes sort of occurred due to the delayed surgery? It's sort of a it's sort of a difficult one, isn't it? What's your sort of feeling on that? Yes, it's a hard question to answer because we know that both in earlier studies and our own study, a high load of comorbidity has been reported among patients with a long hospital delay mm. uh, compared to the patients with earlier surgical interventions. Mm, therefore, we are, as you mentioned, com- uh, potentially facing a question of confounding by indication in our study. And we think that to fully investigate the dilemma, we need other study designs than our observational register study. An example, randomized controlled t- trials where mm-hmm. we could target the consequences of comorbidity and perioperative management in a more deeper way. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, in our study, we tried to get closer to an understanding by separately studying our outcomes among the healthier patient group, the ASA 1 to 2 class patients. Mm-hmm. They were excluding the comorbid patients. And these healthier patients are less likely to be delayed because of comorbidity and more likely to be delayed. Uh, due to administrative factors, in example, lack of surgical staff or equipment or uh, facilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, we found that the risk of mortality and complications increased when delay exceeded 48 hours, also in the healthier patient group. Mm-hmm. And based on these findings, I do believe that delayed surgery contributes to unwanted gout outcomes. But of course, we need to acknowledge that certain medical complications are, are crucial to optimize uh, preoperatively, to reduce complications both under and after surgery. Mm-hmm. And in these cases, time to surgery needs may need to be less prioritized. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a very nice way to put it because, like you say, it's a very difficult sort of question to to answer. And I think that's it's a nice way to look at it. So, if, yeah, yeah, Eric, if we just come to you, sort of finally, what do you feel are the potential implications of this study moving forward? I suppose for for, for you back in Norway, but also uh, for worldwide, what do, what do you think uh, the potential implications will be? Uh, I think it's important. Uh, to keep in mind to focus on the time or from fracture to surgery uh, in particular in Norway with a long way to to hospital for many patients mm. uh, and most other studies and guidelines they focus on the time from admission to surgery uh, but the waiting time to surgery is a very vulnerable time for the patients uh, but the most vulnerable period is probably the time between fracture and admission because in, in that period, patients have a lot of pain. They are immobilized, perhaps at the floor, perhaps for several hours if they uh, live alone uh, before they get help. Uh, and the waiting time starts when the patients fall and not when the patients are admitted to hospital. Mm-hmm. So a patient who has a long pre-hospital waiting period must be prioritized for surgery after admission. And our results also show that uh, we don't have to rush too much to surgery. The results do not support that hip fractures must be treated uh, faster than within 24 hours. So there is probably no need to operate uh, hip fractures at night. It's probably better both for the patients and the surgeons to uh, perform surgery at daytime. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think it's a really nice nice way to 
to sum up your, your study there. And uh, I'm afraid that's all we probably have time for now. But Jan Eric and Sigura, thank you so much for joining us for our podcast. And congratulations on a really excellent study that I'm sure has given all of our listeners much food for thought. And, and to our listeners, we do hope you've enjoyed joining us and we encourage you to share your thoughts and comments through Twitter, Facebook and alike. And feel free to post or tweet about anything we've discussed here today. And thanks again for joining us.